Welcome back to Carlisle's Insights and Indicators podcast, where our head of global research, Jason Thomas, shares his insights and opinions based on our composite portfolio data and analysis of recent government reports. All of the data that we discussed today is accurate as of the recording of December 7th, 2022. Jason, thanks for joining us on the heels of a long trip to talk with our investors in Europe. Well, thanks very much again for having me. So Jason, my job as the host of this show with you has been pretty easy over the last couple of months because the first question on the minds of many of our listeners has remained the same. Let's start by getting your take on whether we're in a recession yet. No, no, clearly not. And uh, I, I would just say that the global economy, with the exception of, of China, perhaps, uh, has exhibited a, a really surprising degree of resilience over the past several months. And, and November data were clearly a continuation of that trend. So first in the United States, what we saw was um, you know, real strength in experiences spending, travel, tourism, live events, dining out, leisure. And I think that this is for anyone that, that has traveled recently, been in airports, uh, tried to get a hotel room. It's not just that prices are high, but, but availability is, is very low. You know, people are out, people are spending on many of those services that, of course, they, they didn't spend money on during the pandemic when, when they were in their home. And so these category of expenditures are roughly 9 to 10% above where they were in the pre-pandemic peak. So this is really, again, propelling growth. I think, secondly, that the, the point that, that's worth making is not only has growth been you know, reasonably strong, but because of the increase in spending on experiences, there, there's been a decline in spending on goods, on durable goods. And this has led to a rebalancing of expenditures. And, and that rebalancing is, is a necessary condition for inflation to come under control. You know, as we've discussed, inflation rose because of people spending money on things the underlying economy was not designed to produce. You know, as, as we've said, a household can take money that was earmarked for a cruise and instead spend it on patio furniture or electronics, but the underlying economy can't magically transform that unused cruise ship capacity in, into those durable goods. So you know, inevitably, there were shortages and price spikes. But now, it looks as though spending on durable goods and services experiences by the middle of next year could be almost exactly back to where one would have expected it to be had there been no pandemic. So, so that's also very helpful from an inflation perspective. And then finally, I would just note that the situation in Europe has turned out thus far to be much better than expected in that the economy looks flat-ish rather than contracting. And, and yes, we, our data are consistent with some modest contraction, but you know, it's, it's about nine-tenths of 1% per month, you know, barely perceptible. And, and that's very different than the deep contraction many people were anticipating. I would say that, of course, part of that is due to the, the enormous subsidies that have been provided to deal with the energy crisis. So you know, a very small amount, relatively, of the wholesale price increase of natural gas and electricity has actually flowed through to the household sector. And that's why spending has been somewhat stronger than people may have expected. So based on some of these bright spots and the resiliency of the global economy, especially what you noted in the US and in Europe, does this mean that a recession is no longer around the proverbial corner as we head into 2023? Well, I, I've really tried to caution people against extrapolating current conditions into next year. 
And, and mostly that's because central banks are not done raising interest rates. And this next increment of rate hikes is really much more consequential for the economy than the rate hikes that have come to date. So right now, at overnight rates in the United States of about 4% to base financing rates, you have maybe 15 to 20% of speculative grade borrowers who are uh, in financial distress. If you take base financing rates up to 5%, 5.5%, say th- three-month interest rates uh, up to that, those levels, well, now suddenly you have maybe half of speculative grade borrowers. So it rises non-linearly. And those borrowers, when they are in financial distress, when their cash interest coverage ratios are at one or, or maybe even slightly below, they have to then switch from a growth orientation to actually worrying about having enough money to pay coupon interest. And that means that they're going to cut back on spending. They're going to cut back on hiring. And this essentially is how a recession gets propagated. So we're certainly not out of the woods yet. And, and much depends on and how high rates ultimately end up by the middle of next year. So we already touched on Europe, but specifically with the energy crisis, have you observed the type of shortages with natural gas or other energy sources that some had expected a couple of months ago? No, there's been a a very sizable decline in natural gas consumption. And, And I would just say here that not all declines in consumption are created equal. First, if you have households that are not consuming natural gas, not consuming electricity, that's really not that big of a deal economically. You know, you have sweaters on, maybe you have the, the temperature set at a low setting, that kind of thing. Similarly, offices. If offices are relatively cold, it doesn't affect productivity or output. It's the industrial decline in consumption that's a concern. Because if you're not consuming natural gas, you're probably not making chemicals and other natural gas intensive processes like paper production and ceramics and glass may not be occurring either. So that's where the concern is. And, and I would say that because of subsidies, because of price caps, that the economic damage here has been localized to the industrial sector and specifically to the chemical sector, where there's not any way to suddenly transform industrial processes that depend on natural gas as a feedstock. So again, I think this is better than could be expected, but also not pain-free either. Understood. Let's conclude by getting your outlook for China for 2023. You said that in November, you saw that there continued to be economic struggles in China. What is your outlook as we look to next year? Yeah, I would just say that, that foot traffic at our, our very large nationwide network of, of retail locations a decline for a fourth consecutive month and, and eight of the past nine months. So clearly people are still hesitant about going out, about ending up in, in quarantine. And so this is weighing on economic activity. It does seem clear at this point that there are market changes that are already underway and more coming with regard to reopening and to lessening some of the risks associated with being out and about, going shopping, going in public, going to restaurants, etc. And so I think that that's very encouraging. Secondly, we already saw a significant easing in financial conditions in the property sector in November. Uh, We saw a sequential increase in the area of new floor space sold, and that was really the first time we've seen that this year. You know, it had been a pretty steady decline in the property sector over over the course of 2022. And we also see, and and it's already been announced, that uh, required cash reserve ratio at banks uh, is dropped by another 25 basis points this month, December. 
and and that's going to free up another 70 billion in liquidity and and also help i think place additional downward pressure on the exchange rate so you have a combination of easing with regard to dynamic zero covid and also easing in financial conditions specifically in the property sector but also now uh, more generally to support growth in the economy so you know again tough november data for sure well, Jason, I just want to conclude by thanking you for sitting down with us each month over 2022 and helping us understand the prevailing trends and winds in the global economy in such a concise and nuanced manner. And we really look forward to, uh, to sitting down again, uh, keep doing this in, in 2023. Great. Well, thanks again, Jonathan.